0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is January the 3rd, 2023. New year, but sometimes even in a new year, the Thebes are all old the year already seems old uh, I've been reading about British decline yawn um, something uh, in Brad the long the great uh, UC Berkeley economist who's been on the show he connects with a piece by Adam twos who's also been on the not on the decline who's been on the show um uh, he, he writes uh, twos about nostalgia for a decline and connects with a piece by David Egerton on British declinism in, in The Guardian. Um, Egerton Ed, has also been on the show. So some things never change, thinking about the United Kingdom and the cult or the culture of decline, uh it's appropriate for this show because we're talking about london in 1946 a fictional uh book a new book just out in the u.s at least by my guest bz marsh queen of thieves which invites us to go back to 1946 in london never seemed in my mind to be that long ago but it's almost a century now bz is joining us from just outside oxford um BZ, welcome from your village, very oh, far from you. London. Uh, tell us about what London was like in 1946. I did a bit of a search of my own. Uh, oh, and yeah. on Good old London Bridge. We have the image uh, of an old rag and bone man riding his horse across the bridge. So it's very different from uh, the London of 2022.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think one thing to say, first of all, thank you for having me on, Andrew. I'm delighted to be here. Um, People think about the Second World War and winning the Second World War that was at this great time in London. There were celebrations. And in fact, there were. But actually, the kind of deprivation post-war was actually worse for many people. Rationing continued and became more strict. So food rations um, you know, got more meagre. You still had clothing on the ration and um there were bomb sites everywhere people had suffered in the war and so they came home maybe expecting a little bit more and it was really tough times um the welfare state wasn't set up we didn't get the nhs until 1948 so people were still paying for things like you know basic health care if you needed a gp you had to somehow find the money people's housing was damp it was dirty you know there were there just wasn't housing provision for people so these were really grim times and for me as an author I felt this was quite a fascinating period because there is a great appetite for World War II um, historical fiction but I didn't feel that anyone had really gone into London what London was really like at that time it's not what we, we might think
0: yeah, it would be really bizarre to take one of those Londoners from 1946, perhaps this gentleman riding his yeah. horse across London Bridge and bring him back to the London of, of 2022. I think they'd be amazed, not that there isn't poverty or suffering in the London of yeah. 2022, but it's of, a, of an entirely different kind. Nature, um, I mean,
1: you, yeah, you had people dying of illnesses like TB uh, were really rife and people died of that, and that today to us you know, is shocking. My grandmother's generation were living in London at that time. My family goes back in London to the 1800s and they were working very, very poor working class people. So, people Whereabouts
0: did, did your family live?
1: Right, OK, so I all over the place, but I have a very strong link to Acton, West London and Notting Hill through the slum laundries. Um, my grandmother was the daughter of... Uh, a laundress Um, I have another group who were more over towards the east end and then some of my family lived for a time in sort of Clapham South London so um, kind of the areas where we're getting into in Queen of Thieves um, and that was actually how I found out to start with that there was this gang called Queen of Thieves Um, that was my grandmother worked in a pub in Drury Lane uh, you know near Seedy Soho in the 1930s. And when I was a girl growing up in the 1970s, she used to tell me these amazing stories about this gang of really wicked women who went round <laughs> shoving stolen goods down their knickers. And you can imagine I would laugh about that. And find it
0: yeah, quite well, let's go back. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the plot, Beezy, but yeah. you're... Your book or your books, this is part of the Queen series. Uh, it comes on from um, Queen of Clubs, which came out uh, to great acclaim. Uh, it's about female gangsters. How did you fall on that one?
1: Okay, so there was this link through my grandmother, who'd worked in a pub in, in Drury Lane called the Nell of Old Drury, which was near Theatre Land, who told me when I was a girl about this gang. Then, many years later, probably too many years actually, I'm working as an author and a writer. I've been a journalist. I was asked to write a biography about this gangster. You may see him over my shoulder there. That was a guy called Mad Frankie Fraser, who was notorious in London, not a very nice character, actually, 1950s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And I was asked to be a kind of biographer for him and his family. And... It was getting to know the men in the family I actually got to know some of the women and realized they were more fascinating and it turned out his sister was a leading light if not one of the last queens of the 40 thieves gang this all-girl gang um, immediately my appetite was whetted on oh, my interest was piqued. I wanted to know more. Yeah. And you've got there. So, so we got
0: the, the image of this 40 thieves gang. Was this a gang yeah. run and controlled by women?
1: Absolutely. The leader there is Alice Diamond. I mean, you couldn't make her name up. Diamond by name, Diamond by nature. She's the, the lady there you can see staring out in her police mugshot, which I picked from the National Archives. So, Alice Diamond's gang really took off in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and into the 50s was their heyday. And um, she ruled, she was the Queen of Thieves, she ruled with a rod of iron, and it was an all-girl operation. She wore rings, diamond rings on her fingers as knuckle dusters (laughs) and used them on the police or anyone who crossed her path. So she was almost a larger-than-life Character. This gang, the 40 Thieves, is ruled by this woman, Alice Diamond, whose name is so fantastic. I couldn't make that up if I tried. Um, she basically stood six foot tall. And you can see her there in the police mug shots that I dug out from the National Archives. And she wore a row of diamond rings, which she used as a knuckle duster. And she was the mastermind for this all-female gang, which tried to carve, and actually did carve very successfully, um, themselves a path through the gangland of 19... It began in the 20s, really, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. So it's that first part of the 20th century. Through the streets of Soho and from her, their den, in south london um into this world that we traditionally think of as a kind of a man's world and um she used to pack a punch with her with her rings which were used as a knuckle duster and she had a whole set of rules that her girls had to obey and she used to they carried um razors wrapped in lace handkerchiefs and she would kind of mete out punishment beatings to people if they didn't follow her rules. But it wasn't just about violence, they were very clever. And her operation was to steal from the West End stores to order furs, jewels, silks, all the luxury items that in London 1946, your housewives couldn't get, basically, you know, we were still clothing, as I said, was still on the ration, people couldn't afford. Things and so it was. Nineteen forty-six was a boom time for for her. It
0: doesn't sound. Again. I mean, if you compare it to say uh, the gangs of the United States in the in the twenties, particularly in yeah. thirties, uh, the mad, the murders, the spraying of machine guns, Al Capone. Yeah. How did that compare to British gangland, whether it was female or male? Uh, well, of course, never had prohibition in the United Kingdom, yeah. which uh which the the uh, the gangs benefited from in the united states
1: yeah i think from basically and this is coming from my knowledge of gangland at that time from frankie fraser um we still had the death penalty here and that was a real um i think it was quite a deterrent people did occasionally use wave guns around but if you were doing a robbery as the men did it, a lot of it was the smash and grab through the 20s 30s 40s so it was about getting and getting away you might cosh somebody but actually shooting somebody in the the spraying of bullets and all of that mob stuff that was very much a US thing and the 40 thieves girls version of this was not that it was in,
0: such- uh, the 40 thieves the girls they didn't carry guns they just had razor blades and knuckle
1: yeah well coshes. they did some of them did actually go to prison for for a a kind of a, a violent attack on some men who'd slighted one of them and then tried to muscle in on their turf so they were prepared to um you know crack heads and do all the rest of it but their main operation was thieving furs jewels silks it was about deception. It was about dressing so they went shopping
0: up. essentially. Which were yeah. their their preferred stores?
1: Oh well, there's a wonderful old place if you ever called Gamages up on Hol- High Holborn. It's not there now, but I don't know if you remember that show. Are you being served from the British yes. TV? Well, it was a bit like that, like Grace Brothers. I mean, it was all kind of things crowded in together and. Higgledy-piggledy staircases, lots of nooks and crannies. Um, they used to steam through Selfridges. Uh, they liked Whiteleys, um, Debenhams, all, and then jewellery shops in Bond Street. They'd go in and they had whole ruses where they'd have paste rings on their fingers, like fakes, and swap them out. They used to hide things in, as well as stuffing things down, these knickers that they wore, which were elasticated at the knee, and silk so they could secrete things under they pull out the waistband and shove things down they had things in secret pockets or alice diamond used to hide put her hair up in curls and hide things in the curls of her hair you couldn't get away with this now with cctv um at all but in those days i, I think it was a very different time well, You uh, well. it
0: sounds to me busy as if you're a tiny bit nostalgic you have a A grudging admiration for these women who hid their (laughs) jewels down their knickers or
1: stole stuff from stores. They
0: didn't kill anyone. Are they good thieves, essentially? Good criminals?
1: I don't think there's any such thing as a good criminal. And part of my fascination is that from speaking to the relatives and really getting to know the mindset of these women and reading the court reports, the newspaper reports, is they were really amoral about it and as a writer that's fascinating i kind of have a grudging admiration for their daring do and the fact that they had nothing these were the girls from the slums of waterloo um and uh you know south london and the best they could hope for maybe was a job in the jam factory right. until
0: So they got married. says they combined motherhood and marriage with a career on the wrong side of the law yeah
1: yeah that's actually about my that's the sequel queen of clubs which will also be coming out they did and they absolutely did um yeah so this actually was the 1950s uh, the queen of clubs that's where they kind of moved into soho and actually running clubs um which is again a whole other side of things they did manage have to manage marriage and motherhood and all the expectation of being her indoors it, they couldn't just necessarily go down the, the boozer or or you know live it large in the illegal spielers of soho they had to also provide for their children and their families if they but had they to. weren't yeah. feminists
0: they didn't say oh, we don't need men we're actually in competition with men we're gonna oh, have our own I think, careers
1: i think they were proto-feminists yeah i think they were at i mean if you know they were really outside the norms of society
0: and what did their husbands the think of, were they criminals well too? They, some of
1: them. Some of them didn't have husbands, actually, to start with. Alice Diamond did not like them having boyfriends. She wanted loyalty. She was queen. She wanted loyalty to the gang. And certainly through the early days um, of the 20s, I think a lot of those girls were young. You know, they were 18, 19. they had
0: kids, you said. I mean, some Some of them them
1: Some of them did later on, yeah. Um, Frankie Fraser's sister, Eva, who was one of the later queens in the 40s and 50s, certainly had kids absolutely her husband didn't like the fact that she went out it's called hoisting what they did they were hoisters there's this slang term meaning shoplifting and stealing um he didn't like the fact that she was a hoister so there there's that pressure of of what men really wanted for their partners or their wives um and again as an author writing in that era that that's really fascinating for me how do you balance that this isn't feminism there is no it's pre-feminism, you know, it's pre the bra burning movement uh, that was my mother's movement, really, of the of the 60s and 70s. These were women when, you know, right until 1948, you had the civil service marriage bar. You couldn't be even in a job in the post office and be married, uh, you know, by at 19, pre-1948. You had to leave your work if you got wed and... Again, you know, this is a kind of something that I think my generation of women who grew up in the 70s, we take that for granted. I'm not saying crime is good or what they did is good, but it's fascinating reading. And I mean, if Fagin had had a granddaughter, it would be Alice Diamond. It's you know, it's not that far removed from what what. Dickens was writing about the poverty, the slums. It's the, it's not that far away. He was Snow Hill in sort of North London. This is the Elephant and Castle in South London. But the amorality and the way they justify their thieving is, as an author, so fascinating to me as a subject. Um, because-
0: 1946, obviously. Yeah. It's a long time ago, before... Uh, before any cultural change in the 1950s. What was the the broader context of London in 1946, politically and culturally? What was it like?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, obviously, I wasn't there, but my grandmother was. We had, um, as far as I know, a Labour government came in, didn't they, after the Second World War. So change was starting to happen. I think people had come home from the war, having given so much for their country. They wanted healthcare. They wanted better housing. And I think the old class system of the aristocracy being always in power and getting everything they want, I think the working class men and women had felt felt quite rightly at that point. Well we want we want more than that. Uh, you know, we deter- we want better housing. We want healthcare. Uh, so things really did there was that cultural shift. You didn't get the um, the kind of Windrush generation um, until the, the 50s coming in from that perspective and that is something that I do talk about in in Queen of Clubs because that again is another massive cultural shift.
0: Right, and this Queen of Clubs is 57 so this yeah. is what's it, Queen of Clubs is the sequel.
1: It is, well, that's right.
0: To, um,
1: to, the to Queen Thieves. of
0: Thieves. Um, yeah
1: that's right. And
0: Talk a little bit, uh, busy about building this sort of um, this Queen series. You've got Queen of Thieves, which is just out. Queen yeah, Of clubs it's... as an author, I mean, is this what a, a a fictional crime author looks for? A series? Do you need th- to tie them together think... in terms of your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, because from my perspective, if readers said, "Oh, Beezy, that was rubbish. We hated your book." I probably wouldn't want to write any more of that because obviously I want to write something that is commercial, but I felt um, there was a whole story to be told about these women and actually the the prequel, I hate that word, but it's set in the 1920s and it's called Queen of Diamonds and that's all about kind of the roaring 20s post-war World War I um, in London and how Alice Diamond puts the gang together. So I think there is, from a, a reader's uh, perspective there's something nice about going oh i've read that book what happens in the sequel oh what happened before that and actually i can from the social history that i've done into um the whole gang the 40 thieves which is fairly comprehensive and i can all for england on that um it goes it actually has its roots way back into the sort of 1880s 1890s this all-female gang there was an earlier queen called Mary Carr who was active around about sort of 1890 time um again she was from sort of Seven Dials area of Covent Garden which was this notorious slum so there is that sense of this is a great framework where you can kind of bring across some of the social history and the right. and, and the
0: visual side i mean people are going to be thinking of peaky blinders particularly in yeah. terms of your book about the 1920s that you're in the process yeah. of doing has anyone has this been optioned yet for films i could see a a wonderful <laughs> well, film about uh Queen of Thieves in the London of 1946
1: oh I would listen I would love that the rights are fully available so so, you know I I would see it as a kind of a I could see it as a tv series with some really strong um female uh characters in there and actually Alice Diamond in the 1940s is a slightly I don't want to say older woman because she's younger than I am now but she is in her 40s that is a Diamond role for somebody, you know. There, there's this, and there's this amazing potential for forties, fifties. You've got the kids going into the You, I mean, people are saying after Queen of Clubs, can we have one in the nineteen sixties, please? And yes, absolutely, I could yeah, get into yeah. the wins and uh, <laughs> an Italian
0: job for women. Um, do yeah. you have any children yourself, busy? I
1: do. I have two. There, there's a picture of them somewhere, but you have, uh, have girls boys. or boys. I have two boys and no, they
0: are. No, well you don't have the girl. I, I have a daughter. I'm thinking she, it's not a bad career for a girl to go into crime, is it?
1: Oh, my goodness. The, the prison system. I mean, I've, oh, been I forgot court, about that. I've been a court reporter for, I worked for the Daily Mail and I worked in regional newspapers. I was actually a court reporter. I used to have to sit in court three times a week seeing all the people who'd been caught shoplifting <laughs> and also been to you know the the prisons and seeing for, for, for any
0: young women or perhaps older women watching who are rather intrigued with this <laughs> glamorous life of thievery female thievery you would discourage it
1: absolutely and I mean particularly today you'd get caught you know fairly easily I would think because of CCTV although some of the Children and granddaughters of the original gang, I have to say, I was quite surprised to find out some of them are still at it, Andrew. Um that came as a bit of a surprise but to me. At it,
0: I assume they're not stuffing rings down their knickers now. They're um well or 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 other young women. I mean, what what would be well, the crime of choice in the 2020s? I think, well no, they're the hoisting, female... they're
1: actually stealing designers' things to order from what I was told. And I mean, I made my excuses and left at that point. One of them offered to take me shopping. I I drew the line there. So, no, I don't think stealing clothes is the way to go. I think there's something safe about putting it in its historical context. Maybe this is a cop-out here from me, but if you're looking back at 1946, we've got Call the Midwife, we've got Peaky Blinders. You know, we love to look back at that period of time, whether it's going to be you know, a film or TV or a book. There's something fascinating about that time because things did change for women quite quickly after that. But people were poor and also there was that opportunity to take what 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 they could not afford. So these girls working, say, in a factory, which was probably the height of their ambition, maybe a barmaid like my nan, who was a very decent working-class woman, by the way. She never stole... A, anything in her life and she'd be horrified probably to think i'm writing about it but um you know this is actually something that they could do to make a difference and a change but they were out earning the men 10 to 1 um and they were not
0: maybe they should given british decline they should have handed over reins of the economy generally to women maybe it to was that decline. let's end busy where we began with terminal british decline you're not um, in london at the moment you're in your home in oxfordshire um, yeah is there something unique about the current decline in the uk in 2022 i know this isn't your era well, of expertise but you're, you you live in england and you write about do. england do you think something unique is happening in terms of its current decline or is it just yeah. part of the same story that's been going on since 1946
1: I think it's had a mighty shove from a whole set of circumstances, beginning, whether you love it or, or hate it, with Brexit. I think that has caused a kind of social, I don't know, explosion. Uh, there's all sorts of problems at a governmental level. I think people are feeling really let down by Partygate, by, you know, the PPE scandal. It's like, what so much scandal after one scandal after another and then real you know people are struggling with I'm sitting here I often sit here like Bob Cratchit actually with my fingerless gloves on and the heating off to save money you know and I'm okay I'm not really struggling perhaps as much as some and I'll I'll own that but people are really struggling with rising food prices heating we're feeling squeezed the trains aren't running the post doesn't work Nurses are on strike. I have huge sympathy, I'm sure as a lot of people do for our absolutely brilliant workers, NHS, essential workers. Um, And and there seems to be this growing, I don't know, like reality gap between what the government is saying, and what real people are actually experiencing. And things like PPE scandal and Baroness Moan, uh, you know, and everything that's going on there, really, I think, just make it worse for people. So I I think there is a decline going on. I'm not sure how to halt it. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I don't think it's just the same old, same old. I think it's real. Yeah.
0: Excellent.